We often hear holly meaning white person in a negative connotation, but is a perfectly good word. It means foreign introduced of foreign origin or foreign introduction. So in Hawaiian, anyone or anything that is not native to Hawaii is haole. I'm Leilani Poliahu, ahui ho. Haole. Yeah. 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 No, uh, it's the last one. <sighs> I thought this day would never come. Is that true? No, I don't. You thought you'd be doing <laughs> this mean, podcast for the rest of your life? I, I really always hope. I kind of, well, I mean, shit. Shit, no, I don't. You want to keep it going? <laughs> we'll keep, you heard hey. it here first, folks. <laughs> never mind. Uh, what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Oh. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the final episode. It's the final Potentially. Looking back, it's embarrassing to recognize the degree to which my intellectual curiosity with those first two years of college paralleled the interests of various women I was attempting to get to know. Are you par- are you are you trying to analogize this to the Marks podcast? And Mark because honestly, so I had something to say to the long-legged socialist who lived in my dorm. I got to be honest with Fanon you. and Gwendolyn Books <laughs> for the smooth-legged sociology major who who never gave me a second look. For Colt and Wolf, for the ethereal bisexual who wore mostly black, as a strategy for picking up girls, my pseudo intellectualism proved mostly worthless. I found myself in a series of affectionate but chaste relationships. Uh, and ladies my, and gentlemen, my mom is not very good. I, I was gonna say it's like using the room with me. <laughs> <laughs> this might be our last episode. It could be. It probably is gonna be. It's potentially our last episode. Uh, we're planning on it being our last episode. We have no more episodes planned. Yes. No more guests. The 95th episode, the finale, the last hurrah. Our, our 95th official episode. Right. In, in terms of like mini-sodes, I think we're at like 100. Maybe, and, maybe 600. I'd, uh, so Josh is obviously reading a, uh, a quote from Barack Obama's new book, uh, whatever it's called, Barack Obama, <laughs> Dreams, <laughs> Dreams of My Grandfather. Um, uh, uh, I'll share a little tweet. From Josh is not a fan of uh, that book. No, no, no. I'm uh, as a historical artifact. It's a very important book. But, but I'll just share uh, um, from my from my president, Marianne Williamson. She, wait, wait, wait. No, let me. Should we say who we are? I'm. If I'm you, Josh Michaels. If you don't, if you don't know by now, if you, if you, if don't, you don't know me by now. Sorry, because we're probably not recording you anymore. Will never, never, I never like. Know. Okay, welcome to the Blue Hawaii Podcast. To the Blue Hawaii Podcast. I'm Ryan Little. I'm Josh Michaels. And okay, so you are on board. If you you haven't missed anything at this point, yeah. Uh, imagine a hundred plus uh, content releases that are very similar to this one. Yes. And that's what you've got. So now that we're all up to speed, uh, <laughs> oh, one recap? more thing. One more. Yeah. yeah. One more thing. Uh, Josh is. Uh, kind of in love with this woman named Marianne Williamson, who you'll remember as being that crazy white lady that your aunt was like, I kind of like her after yeah. the first Democratic primary debate uh, for president. So, am I, your, am I your crazy white aunt? <laughs> I, I declined to answer that question. <laughs> oh, so she's You're my crazy Jewish aunt. Yeah. You could do worse. I, <laughs> um, so Marianne Williamson wrote on her Twitter, Michelle Obama wrote a book of deep authentic- authenticity, excuse me, 
Michelle Obama wrote a book of deep authenticity and clear compassion for the human condition. Her elevation to the halls of power, not seeming to have infused her consciousness with the arrogance of the elite, nor the smugness of self-delusion. That sounds like us. Her husband wrote a book as well. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty savage. Um, okay, wait. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you, you've got one more comment there. I want to make sure you get is, it out. This is uh, this is sourced to anonymous. I'm facing an unprecedented crisis with the future of the nation on the line, and his successor determined to imperil everything that he worked so hard to achieve. Former President Barack Obama wrote a 700-page book about himself. Look, man, he needs that money. <laughs> He's making money. He's living on fucking Martha's Vineyard. He's yeah, he, he, doesn't he, he doesn't the need the money. He doesn't need the money. He's, I don't I, I don't begrudge him. Yes, we what? can. I don't begrudge him. I mean... I begrudge him for not doing more during, <laughs> during the 2008 to 2010 years. Yeah. I, 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 I begrudge him for that. I do not begrudge him. I begrudge him no. for the civilian drone strikes in, in the Middle East. He got elected, and then Mitch McConnell was like, oh, actually, no. And then he was like, well, I can't do anything yeah, else. All I, right. Thanks, I agree. Everybody. Mitch McConnell did say that, but he didn't say that until 2010. I mean, he, he, said, he said it before that, but he had no power to do anything well, until 2010. He's still my favorite war criminal. I look in in terms of war criminals, yeah. I'm probably going him. Yeah. Gal Gadot. Did she do war crimes? Uh, I'm probably going Sherman. Sherman. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yitzhak Rabin. Ooh. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. I like that. Uh, and then. Slobodan Milosevic. Wait, no. What? <laughs> Who said that? I didn't say that. W- William that. the Conqueror. I guess I got to maybe got to put his name in uh, contention. Guillaume, name? Known in French as Guillaume the Batard. William the Bastard. Is that true? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's a cool name. Yeah. You know, it just occurred to me that uh, when you say Lebetard, that uh, Dan Lebetard. Dan the Bastard. I I've always assumed because his dad has a, like I guess his dad is of Hispanic descent. They're Cuban, right? I mean, yeah. South Florida, like yeah. But I guess yeah. that probably started out as a as a French thing or as a Gallic thing. Could have been. Could have been. Romance uh, languages. They're fascinating. All right, moving on. Yes. Where are we um, going? Where are we moving to? I'm well, miss, I'm gonna miss this. I'm gonna, you know, fuck it. It, we're back on. We're yeah. doing a hundred more episodes. Possibly at a future date, maybe to be determined later eventually. But probably not. <laughs> but probably not. As Josh wrote, uh, this will hopefully at least be a good blurb in our early career section on Wikipedia. Yes. Um, yes. Well, yes. everybody, it is, as of today, it is December 3rd, yep. 2020, or uh, whatever the day is in 5387? 5781. That's what I said. 5781. Yeah. Uh, if you're following along at home on your Jewish calendars. Uh, but regardless, happy belated Thanksgiving and happy early war on Christmas, everyone. Uh, uh, at Brenda Board uh, <laughs> tweeted, just watching PragerU's video, quote, was Jesus a socialist? End quote. That culminates in Jesus meeting a homeless man and getting him to set up a small business with the help of a wealthy investor. Yeah, dude, like, what's crazy about this is that PragerU is... Yeah nutty yeah but because they make those cute little animated videos they have absolutely tricked like half of evangelical well it's on facebook it's It's gotta be good yeah it's gotta be true you know what those libtards get up to (laughs) um you know side note yeah uh i know that like kind of like basically like everything we were ever taught uh, about basically everything yeah. was it was more or less propaganda. Sure. Um, Happy Christmas. Does that ever make you a little resentful? <sighs> I 
Yes. But then I resent that resentment because like, what does resentment accomplish? I then, agree. Other than we're sitting around just like. Well, I also think too, I, when I think about that, I'm like, well. I mean, everything, literally everything is propaganda. Exactly. And literally you have to everything understand is somebody's that propaganda. most of the time people, most people, most people yeah. are genuinely just doing the best with what yeah. they've got. And like I think 98% of people wake up in the morning and they don't think I'm going to go out and cause the most harm and destruction I possibly can. Completely agree. Yeah. And I think that's what makes those people who do it knowingly and nefariously people, you know, is a political show. Fine. Whatever. People like Mike Pompeo, yeah. uh, top of his class at West Point. People like Ted Cruz, who is yeah. like Harvard law, Harvard Prince, law people, well, you know, Oh, president Trump. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Like, like yeah. guys like that, when they know those New York elites, <laughs> when they know what they're doing, yeah. like it's so much Cynical. worse. You know, Josh, what? Josh Howley, Josh, uh, Josh Howley, Josh Howley, Yale and, and Stanford. not you, not you. <laughs> no, the other one, jo- uh, Yale and Stanford grad that common people are tired Dude. of getting put upon. Like it's, when those types do it, that's what makes it so much more egregious yeah. is yeah. that they're taking advantage of, of, of humanity. You could argue American, but I would yeah. say certainly humanity's like best instincts yeah. to like, just trust people who are seem like they're being honest well, and telling them you know, the truth. Not every, like presumably not every, you know, around the world, Duterte, Modi, Orban, not every single auntie and uncle, getting tricked by state media into thinking like they're the bee's knees. Like, are they quote unquote bad people? I, I know. I don't know. Well, and I think that's the, that's sort of this, you know, uh, we can take this issue up, uh, on our next podcast that we start whenever the next, uh, February 2026. Here's our, here's our good? promise to you yeah. listeners. Here's our promise. If we are ever awakened yeah. by another nuclear missile, false alarm, yeah, we are starting one. this show or, back up. Or if somebody, starts paying us. E- well, either of those are possible. Either of those yeah. are equally possible. If so, you know what, folks, if you really love us and you want us to stick around, start a Go Save the me. Blue Hawaii Patreon. podcast, uh, yep. GoFundMe, and, and we'll create some more content. Yeah, um, yeah it's like, those people are not bad people. Right. And, I, and I think, you know, I saw a really interesting article. Because all around the world, a lot of people, billion and upward, are getting suckered by some form of insane populist rhetoric. I, I saw a really interesting article. I, I think I shared it with you. Uh, it was in the Washington Post, and I, and I don't recall who who wrote it. It was an op-ed piece, but it was written by a conservative person. I think he was a I think he's a part-time contributor at the National Review, and he wrote that uh, something that really resonated with me, which was that uh, Trumpism we tend to view it Trumpism or even authoritarianism generally um, as a partisan thing True. that. We frame it as it's us versus them. And sure. you know, in this case, you know, for Trump, it's it's the Republicans and then the Democrats are all bad. And that we we frame this as a partisan message. But that uh, if you really think about it, Trumpism was a bipartisan thing. And it's it's weird to say that, especially as a, as a guy who spent the last several years on this show railing against it. But like what Trump tapped into crossed boundaries. Like there yeah. were so many people that went from Obama voters to Trump voters that went from, you know, uh, Clinton 1996 voters to Trump voters. Like sure. people, people across lines went for it. And what it reflects, in my opinion, journalists are dumb and there's no such thing. Like everything they've ever told us about swing voters is wrong. Well, I, th- I think there's that. I think the other, the other thing that, that I've really taken away in the, yeah. in the, from the last several years is that, especially with this election, especially with the 2020 presidential election is that 
what authoritarianism rises on, what it's predicated upon is not us versus them, right versus left, state versus uh, state versus enterprise. What it really like boils down to is uh, somebody being able to cast themselves as the champion of the common man. And the what I found encouraging... But how do you do that without, to your point, it's not us versus them? Well, I'm How not, do you do that without a them? Well, and well, that's the thing is that it's dependent. I think where what the narrative has missed over the last three, four years, even five, I guess, because Trump started running in 15, what the narrative's missed is that the them mm-hmm. was never the left. It was the media. The it was the rich people. It was the establishment. It was whoever. Yeah. The them doesn't have to be defined anybody as who, the opposite who, of the political yeah. spectrum. Okay. It's whomever my enemies are. Yeah. And that's a that's a core component of populism. And I think the problem with populism, or the, the danger, I should say, not the not the problem, the danger of populism, yeah. is that populism is so powerful and it can cause people to completely do a one eighty on their views. Yeah. I was a you know, you'd be like, I was a Obama voter. Now I'm a Trump voter. It's such a 180 yeah. that it, if you're going to be a populist champion, you need to guarantee that your populist champions have the integrity to wield that power. Like Senator Bernard Sanders of Vermont. Like Senator Bernard Sanders of Vermont. Yeah. And I think no, that's... I, mean, you're, I think you're exactly right to, to your point about it. Like it taps into the danger. The real danger is especially popul- populist rhetoric, but that the group camaraderie, you know, the big rally, the fan, like the Totally. Fandom, it taps into like the really animalistic base instinct of like the tribe against, you know, and you're right. I, it's not an us versus them, but like the tribe needs to defend itself. The I tribe think, is, I th- you know, I think it's a tribal thing, but I, I yeah. think is, I think more than that. I, but if I, you look at like any, you know, you turn on discovery, discovery channel, or animal planet, you see chimpanzees just like beating the shit out of each other and throwing their, throwing their poop everywhere and, you know, causing all sorts of chaos. That's 99% us. We just have better language skills. <laughs> I, I think, I think what I'm trying to say is like populism thrives yeah. because it actually unites and it not because it divides. So that's populism an us versus them thing though, isn't it? It is, it is. But again, like I'm not saying that us versus them isn't what works. Right. I'm not saying that us versus them isn't the phenomenon. I'm saying that them doesn't necessarily have to be the opposite end of the political spectrum. Oh, it can be anything. It can be anything yeah. because populism it can thrives. Be Dr. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But but you think about it. But like, like he's but he's a liberal. How powerful is is the message, though, that I could get up on stage running as a Democrat, as a populist Democrat, and go, my Republicans are not my enemy. The white working class is not my enemy. The black working class is not my enemy. The white working class doesn't even have a problem with the black working class. This isn't a racial issue. The issue is that we have billionaires and millionaires who are screwing over every person, and they're using us as pawns to screw ourselves. That's a... That is a much more resonant message. It may not be a true message. Senator Bernard Sanders of Vermont. Yeah, but the, it's the truth. Or it is, it's a true message. I mean, it, what, what yeah. I'm, I'm saying though, like, it's it unifies people because it gives you an it gives you a common enemy that is uh, so much that it gives you a common enemy uh, that's so big. That bigger it's in, than ordinary politics. Yeah, that it's incapable of dividing you on weird issues. Like Except for the celebrity pedophile cult. Oh, except for them. Yeah. But anyways, that's my little soliloquy <laughs> on populism. I, I think I think that where populism has worked, when it has worked, it's been populism wielded either by people who have massive constraints on their power or who have a lot of integrity. I think a good example of when Wait, 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 time out. What? I think like think about something like FDR. Yeah, F- but like 
Yeah, but like by your by your same argument, Hitler was a populist. Mussolini was a populist. I'm saying when Perone was a populist. I'm saying when it's like, worked, like when it's worked. Uh, sorry, oh, when it's worked for the well, for the greater for the, good. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, a qualifying statement there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those Japanese internees <laughs> it really worked out well for them. Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying when when populism has has generally benefited the common man, I think it's yeah. done so because it uh, was wielded by people with either massive constraints on their power or by people who had a lot of integrity. Um, and I, I'm not making this a referendum on history. I'm just saying like, you can see examples where it was wielded in a, to a degree that was materially positive for the majority of society, i.e. FDR, or you can look at situations where it was wielded by extremely competent people for the uh, detriment of the entire world, e.g. Hitler, yeah. somebody like that, uh, Trump, something yeah. like that. So, well, what, okay, positive. Now, not putting them in the same basket, w- I'm just saying. In your mind, is somebody like Lee Kuan Yew a populist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, right? I mean, he was an authoritarian populist, wasn't I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I shouldn't say, well, actually, let me back up. Did he like, I don't get know people about, fired up? I don't know about Singaporean like, history to, to say. That's a good question. Akesh, if you're listening, or any, <laughs> any of friends. He's probably not. He probably stopped no, he, at episode probably, 19. Any friends who, who are in the know about Singapore politics and you know obviously like well, I think I, one party was in charge for th- a long time like were they getting people like riled up or was it more I, like a oh, yeah let's I all think, just go along to get along I think uh, I think what you're getting at is sort of the inter the intermingling of populism and authoritarianism sure. which don't necessarily have to coexist yeah. in the same person but they yeah. often do you can have you can have non evil authoritarianism I totally. guess Singapore would show conceptually well conceptually. I mean Lee Kuan Yew is also a huge asshole in a lot of ways right. so like let's let's you know keep but the record like, straight could be worse but he did yeah. I mean if you look at it it's undeniable that yeah. he advanced the society Singapore is the most advanced country in the world yeah. like that's undeniable. Right. Whether he did it through ways that were always moral is and super like was he super chill and like a fun guy to have a beer with? Probably not. Probably not. No. But I think what you're getting at is sort of the nexus of authoritarianism right. and populism, sure. which is a nexus that often exists or or those two things often co occur, but are not necessarily uh, yeah. mutually inclusive. I think we're gonna need more so. beer for this. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, so we really dive That's okay. diverged. That's okay. It's, it's our last, last episode. episode. Yeah. What do you guys care? Fuck the haters. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Election results. Yes, we let's, have not. Uh, we've been on hold uh, since since our primary preview episode because you know a little thing called the coronavirus is going a little thing called completely insane. It's only killed a little thing called like three hundred thousand people. Yeah, in the United States of America, let alone one point four million globally. Yeah, no, no big deal. Uh, so our endorsements were not worth much. Well, in well, some ways, in some cases, well, go ahead. Tell, uh, us, what, tell us, tell us, tell us, here's tell our us. wins. Yes. We dis, what's the opposite of endorse? We encourage people to avoid. We did. We endorsed. uh, de-endorsed? certain voters or yeah. sorry, certain candidates and those certain candidates all lost. Yeah. Which is good. Like the president of the United States. The president. Oh, yeah. Got his Speaking ass of, you've got a, there's a, a plate of crow for you in my uh, in my refrigerator right now. Thought, oh, that's right. Yeah. Because you say he's going to win. I thought he was going to win. And if we had a, if it was a little bit closer and then we had if a there wasn't all that, If there wasn't all that fraud. If it wasn't, if it wasn't all that fraud. He would have won. No. But if, if we were a little bit closer and we had a competent authoritarian. If you take, well. Then absolutely the, the, the various state bureaucrats around the country would have absolutely succumbed to his if, pressure. I think. Luckily, even, that was a lot of ifs. Even more but, succinctly put. Yeah. If COVID didn't happen, Trump wins in a landslide. Oh, if COVID didn't he, happen, he, he, wins, would, he, he wins, won by five. 
10 points. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have been an absolute bloodbath. Yeah. But uh, fortunately, he did not win. Baruch Hashem. Yeah. So one of the things I thought was really immediately interesting is yeah. that like, like literally the next day like after the election, the establishment Dems immediately turned yep. on the progressives. Abby Spamberger uh, just shat all like, over. Oh, you can't say defund the police. You can't say defund the police. Like, okay. Did anybody <laughs> try to point out that like half the G or half the GOP running caucus believes in a like satanic pedophilic sex cult? Conspiracy? No. Well, they, they don't believe in the cult. They believe in the conspiracy. That, that's why I added that last bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, For clarification. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, okay, maybe you guys, it's just so weird that Republicans have, like Democrats just allow Republicans to control the narrative. Yep. And I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, you know, I think why that they is. They don't really want to be in power, dude. I think, here's what I think. I a think about it in terms of a, in terms of like a, a lawsuit, right? Sure. And the Democrats are the plaintiffs the republicans are, are all, the democrats are almost always the plaintiffs the republicans are almost always the defendants in a lawsuit like if the if the if the government if the if the court system functions appropriately the, the defendant should have probably an easier job than yeah. the Repu- than the plaintiff like it's easy to say uh, you know, something happened, not my fault, yeah. not my fault. Not my, you don't have to have an, you're no. not making an affirmative no. case. And that's the built-in advantage of conservatism. Of conservatism. Yeah, it's it's like, like playing white in chess. You always have the first move, uh, in case you haven't watched uh, Queen's Gambit. Yep. Uh, it's like playing white in chess. You always have the first move and your first move is always, we shouldn't make a move. And it doesn't matter what the other side says. It's we shouldn't make a move. Why not? Because things are right now. We're all alive, and the, if we and if we and once you make a move, yeah. we could all die. Things if you change anything, right we could all die. We know we won't die in this configuration. Plus, plus, at the end of the day, when it comes to like the donors, the shareholders, who's writing the checks, the the leaders of both parties are playing for the same team. Fundamentally, at the end of the day, the billionaires. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think that's why. That's why populist messaging has really caught on because people do understand that. I think people, yeah. people just pick bad mascots like Donald Trump. People pick people who are like themselves. Oh, but, so if but, you're, but, if, but time out, I'm getting really concerned about the deficit. <laughs> now, after that $1 trillion tax cut, we just gave the rich. Uh, I'm uh, super concerned or super concerned about it. All right. Uh, uh, as you appropriately called uh, president Trump's uh, reaction yes. to the uh, election results, the world's stupidest coup. Um, yes. So here's one thing that's, that I found really interesting about this is that there is so much talk in conservative circles, of which I am a part of several because of where I grew up. Sure. Uh, so much talk in conservative circles about courts ignoring obvious proof of voter fraud. And what I find really interesting about this is that those same people who claim that are the same people who have not watched the court hearings. And I was like, I think this is a tactic, right? Because yeah. this is this this is like Trump's whole thing is voter fraud, voter fraud, voter fraud, voter fraud, and what I sort of realize is that they're they're sort of playing the strategy of what local government does whenever they have a city council hearing. They're like, yeah, we're gonna have a hearing. It's all publicly available. You know, you come, you attend, you give give testimony if you want. Blah blah blah. No one goes. Yeah. No one attends. No one watches. And so like. You know that John Q, QAnon believer, is <laughs> he's not going to the court hearing. He's not going to watch it. He wouldn't understand it if he did because he's not a freaking lawyer. And I don't know all that, all that deep state Soros. 
fancy words. Although it's Soros bullshit. But like, you also know that he's not going to go down there and pick up the transcript right. from the courthouse. So like, it doesn't but, matter that the court that the lawyers can't actually well, prove anything. That's the thing though, is because the low information base voters are not actually watching the hearings. It creates this really weird phenomenon where the lawyers of surrogates for the Trump campaign can go to court and say one thing, which is at this point, there's been absolutely no allegations no, or no proof of voter no, fraud, Your Honor. They get asked under oath and the, the judge says, do you have any proof of and voter fraud? They and they always say no. They say no. But, but then, then Sean Hannity you can come can, on TV and say, well, whoa. Those same those yeah. same lawyers, they can leave the courthouse and they can go on the front steps and say that there is massive fraud. And they won't get disbarred. And they like, there's no repercussion because yeah. you're representing a client at that point. And so it allows you to say X is untrue whenever it matters. And then as soon as you leave, you say X is true. And that dummy that believes in, you know, the Pizzagate conspiracy that yeah. believes that, you know, Democrats are harvesting the adrenochrome of infants, that same dummy is only watching when you say it's true. Yeah. So it's been kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I think what's interesting though, is that that, that movement has weaponized the same movement that has kept you, dear listener, from paying attention to what goes on in your local and state government for about the last four decades. Sure. Government is incredibly boring, and it's by design. On and the reason it's by design is because if they bore you enough, you don't pay attention, and they can do whatever the hell they Why want. Why do you think the first thing that gets cut from the education budget is civics, social studies, history, political no one, science? That's exactly right. Like The less you know, the, yeah. the more it guarantees them a monopoly on power. Yep. So, uh, as we'll talk more about education in a moment, but in our, in our episode next year, <laughs> but, uh, let's see for now, uh, post-election, yeah. a little thing called the state of Georgia. There's a little bit of action going former, on there. Your former, uh, your former state of residence. I get so many emails, GD text messages yeah. from various, I, I signed up for our revolution in 2016. That 20, was your mistake. It was the biggest mistake of my entire life. I literally, every time they text me, they're always like, hey, Ryan, it's Ariana from Our Revolution. Can we count on you to vote for John Ossoff? And I'm always like, Ariana, I am begging you. Please take me off your list. Please, if you have even the slightest hint of a soul, remove me from this list. And nobody ever does. Nobody ever removes you. They say they will. They never do. Here's what, okay, I got to cut them a little slack, though, because when I was making calls for the Biden campaign, pat myself on the back, my it's totally my fault that we won. Aaron Sorkin, Um, liberal bullshit. When I was making calls for the Biden campaign, people would be like, please take me off your list. And I'd be like, yeah, totally. And I would hit a little button. I don't know if it worked. I don't know if it took them off the list. Or they distribute the same list a million times right at the beginning and then be. it doesn't matter because you know 999,999 other callers have that list. I told them I said if you remove me from your list yeah. I will donate $100 <laughs> to the Ossoff and Warnock campaigns. If you never contact me again. Like I, if you promise I to am, never contact me I again. I will so reliably support these causes. Yeah. Just please promise me. And to this point I've received no further so contacts. It's a special election, right? It, uh, it's, it's just, no, it's not a special. It's a runoff. Oh, so, okay, sorry. Well, you know, it's just going to be... Same, these, same. Yeah. Just these two races on the ballot, right? That's correct. So it makes no GD sense to borrow your parlance to split tickets, right? You're either voting Dem or you're voting Republican, right? Yeah, I think that's true. Unless, well, well, well. unless, unless you're some suburban uh, I, like West Wing nerd who thinks if, bipartisan is important, bipartisanship or, is important. Is like, well, I want to control the Senate, so... You know, I want to check checks and balances. <laughs> checks and balances are fundamental to American here's democracy. What I, here's what I think. So, I think 
Purdue yeah. did much better in the oh, November election so than Ossoff did. I'm sorry, than uh, than Leffler did. Yeah, Leffler has. I hate her too. She has a I lot hate, of scandal. I her hate and her. her and Collins. I hate them both so much. They really beat each other up. Her yeah. and Collins in the in up to in the run up to November. Um, actually, yeah. I think if I recall correctly, and I, I could be wrong about this, but I want to say that Warnock. Yeah. Could have potentially won outright. He was close, except for fucking Joe Lieberman's Joe kid. Joe Lieberman's kid decided dude. to run as a pointless centrist. Fuck, Joe, fuck the whole the Lieberman, Lieberman lineage. Ashonda from, from from Joe on downwards. Ashonda, Ashonda uh, for the game. So yeah, that was really crazy. Yeah. Is that Warnock could have won outright, and I think Warnock has a better chance than Ossoff. Ossoff ran for the Georgia Six. Yeah, uh, right after Tom Price. Was big old nominated carpetbagger coming <laughs> down here telling us about our Nancy Pelosi abortions. Well, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I told you about that. How it was like all the campaign ads were like, yeah. John, it was like, I'm Nancy Pelosi and John Ossoff loves me. Like, that was literally what it was. Literally, yeah. like, John Ossoff is wonderful because he shares my San Francisco <laughs> values. So, uh, but the uh, the fact of the matter is, yeah. Ossoff did not win the Georgia Six. It wasn't really that close. Yeah. And then he didn't do excellently yeah. in the November election. So he might lose. You think somebody would go for somebody would vote for Purdue and Warnock? Take me inside of the the mind of the Purdue Warnock voter. Leffler. It's a vote against Leffler. Yeah. Leffler. Like, fuck Leffler. She's this is bad news. I think there are those people. I think those people Look are Look how not very, racist I am. I think, those, I think those people are very few and far between. Because she's so pro-Trump. She's ultra-Trump. So but they, I think also she had a... There's like a legit corruption issue with right. her. And no matter how she spun it... But him too. Purdue too. He, his fucking ad. The yeah, still but, frame of his last but, ad says... But... Just, but did you see this you're, ad though? You're you're forgetting no charges. You're forgetting the built-in acquitted sexism. Of all, acquitted of all charges. You're forgetting. You're failing to account for the built-in sexism sure. of the electorate. Sure. That's got to be worth something. So I think. But it's, uh, but she, the ha, scandal, but she has on her on her behalf. She does have the built-in racism of the electorate. Let me let me say, uh, in terms of like the built-in sexism yeah. of like how it's attached to her in the media. Sure. I knew about the Leffler corruption. I I didn't even Purdue didn't even cross my mind until you just said it. Really? Yeah. Like, oh, he was he was right there in the same insider trading gang as I think Tom Tillis got wrapped up Tillis, in that somehow. Feinstein. But yeah, yeah, I had I had no idea about about Purdue. Fuck Diane Feinstein. Just well, just apropos of nothing. Sorry, go ahead. So part of my language. You can bleep that if you want. I'm not. I'm not gonna bleep anything. It's our last episode. Um, Blue wife finale, live <laughs> and uncut. So unlike, sorry. I think live and uncut. Unlike, never mind. Yeah. I I, I had several places to go with it. Um, the covenants. But that's where I was going. <laughs> so uh Oops, sorry, I got COVID. Leffler Leffler is very unlike. I think sure. Warnock's very charismatic. Um he released that masterful, masterful campaign ad. If you haven't Best seen one I've it, ever seen, I think I think it tr- if Warnock wins the Senate race it's because of that ad. That it'll that ad will go down in which, history. Which look folks, I know you're like these guys are political nerds. Bless her heart. They are they are going to that ad was a stroke of genius. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I don't think there will be a bunch of uh, Purdue Leffler voters. I mean, sorry, Purdue Warnock voters, but I think there'll be some. There'll be certainly more than Ossoff Leffler voters. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I don't think that there's really a chance. That it, do you think anybody is going to vote for Ossoff and Leffler? No. Does that person exist? Not not That's to my not knowledge. <laughs> no. I, I can't think of a person. I mean, unless it's just pure racism. But no, yeah. I, I don't think so. I think... Uh, I think Unless it's like somebody who went to high school with David Perdue. He's like, oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> Fuck David Perdue. Fuck David Perdue. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, one thing I think is being underestimated. Sure. And I think was... I guess we're going to get into it now. Um, Fuck it, why not? We, where else are they going to go? In the wake of the 2020 presidential yeah. election, yeah. there was a ton of talk about how the Democrats are bad at politics by people on the progressive left. In my opinion, that is a fundamentally mistaken assumption. Um, they are bad at politics, though. I don't think they're great at politics. I think the Republicans are better. But you've got to give credit to the party that's out of power and somehow pull, flips Georgia and Arizona. Sure, Trump... Trump coronavirus trump i agree coronavirus trump sat on his own dick in a lot of right. ways uh his own very small small yeah. small shriveled or very orange ashy nasty dick um but all that to say mushroom shaped yeah um sure. looked like a toadstool from sure. mario kart i think is what stormy daniel said do you ever think about how this could all have been avoided if fred trump had just hugged his shitty kid <laughs> i think about how it could have all been avoided if jim comey didn't do that damn we're investigating hillary letter uh Anyways, or if Citizens United hadn't been overturned, if Bush hadn't been able to appoint Alito and Roberts, like I think about a lot of stuff. But here's the thing. Uh, in my opinion, yeah. the the Democrats are bad at politics take is a bad take. They flipped a lot of seats. Yeah. Um, I think they didn't, or sorry, not flipped. They flipped a couple of states. Um, they did not flip a lot of seats. Uh, I think though, where I'm, how do I phrase this? The Democrats are bad at politics. Take is a shitty take. And because, because Trump was on the ballot. And again, as to get back to our earlier point, Trumpism was not a partisan thing. Trumpism was a bipartisan thing. It just expressed itself in a partisan way. Right. And so I think what you're going to, why the Democrats may have a better shot in the special election than they did in November is because Trump's not on the ballot. And so you know that that you know Cletus out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, Georgia. Yeah. He's not going to take the day off work from the you know for no, it's not. to to go vote for Purdue. Yeah. Like that's not going to rile him God, up. God, I hope not. What's going to rile that guy up is Soros Trump money. because Trump's his guy. Yeah. Like, and he's they're they're not he. Trump had the benefit. The GOP had the benefit of having a very, very popular ideologue yeah. on the ticket in November. I think if Trump wasn't on the ticket, you'd have seen 2020 would have went a lot like 2018. Yeah. And here in January, there's going to be a lot of money spent to make sure that those low information dum-dums get out and vote. I don't think they're going to though. So I think if I had to put it, I mean, I think it's going to be, it's going to be razor's edge if the yeah. Dems win. There is a chance. I'll put it this way. Dems win and razor's edge or GOP does somehow turn out all the dum-dums and they win by five to seven points. Um, so that's, that's my prediction. I'll put my money on the Dems losing. Unfortunately, I, the, if I had to go money, yeah, I'd put Dems losing, yeah. but I think the odds that's because I'm a nervous better, yeah. but I yeah. think the odds are better than we realize, but worse than what polls are probably going to sure. express. Sure. So nice. All right. Speaking of polls expression, uh, and, us being totally confused. We're starting a porn site. 
There's an OnlyFans. Oh. BlueHawaiiOnlyFans.com. <laughs> That's not true. Lead us in, Josh. What do we got? Polls, expression. Yes. Confusion. Rick Blangiardi, uh, absolutely clobbered Blue Hawaii Dorsey. Keith Amamiya. <laughs> he did. He did. He did. Oh, man. I, um, okay, was it... Ex- was Denby it- Fawcett wrote in Civil Beat, it's a bad idea for Honolulu's next mayor to end homeless sweeps. So the less said about that, the better. Uh, Denby Fawcett is a person with bad ideas. Yes. A I person would- with good ideas. Uh, do you remember Remember the very nice journalist from Civil Beat who Mufi Hanneman was a sexist dick to? Oh, yeah. So Christina Jenner from Civil Beat writes, we're entering a new era in, Ho- in Honolulu politics. It's the biggest turnover in city leadership in many years. Who will hold the power on the new city council is still an open question. Yeah. Ooh. It's, I mean, I got to say the conservatives Tommy have Water, a should be Tommy Water. strong block. I've heard Tommy's got a good, he's got a good shot at winning that chairmanship. It better be Tommy Waters, man. Otherwise, Who else would you trust? Nobody else. Nobody I else. Trust, yeah. I trust Tommy Waters with my life. I trust nobody else on that council. What about Augie T, bro? The T stands for totally unqualified. <laughs> Let's talk about Blaine Jardy. Were you surprised? I was. You know, that there was that one poll in Civil Beat a little bit before the election that said he was smoking up 20. And so I thought, like, okay, he became the favorite. But I didn't expect it to be that comfortable. I guess people are just fucking fed. Pardon me. I think people are just fed up with the Democratic Party. I don't think that's what it is. You don't think so? No. Establishment, same old, same old friends. Friend. I think it's that Blaine since, like, the beginning of the year when he knew that everybody was trapped at home because of COVID... He blanketed TV, the cable airwaves with commercials. So like, did Keith. Not like Keith Blangiardi. Signs were everywhere. Dub, signs are not what matter this and year. His com- no, it's com- Bro, like, Blangiardi in the morning. Okay. If you watch the morning news, which I know you don't because you're at work by then, but like the morning news, like every break for like four or five months, it seemed like, was Rick Blangiardi. Like you could I not saw, yeah, have been sitting at home sure. and not seen Rick Blanchardi commercials multiple times remind, a day. His, uh, his slogan reminded me. You ever see those Korean air commercials? Which it's ones? It's all about you. I love Korean air. You remember that time we flew Korean air? It was the best. They gave us that uh, bibimbap. That was what their in-flight meal was. They cleaned the bathrooms like every 45 minutes. That was like, the best. If I had a, If I had to choose between... Living in your current house and living on a Korean airplane. <laughs> I was going to say the apartment I lived in in college. But, oh, okay. But it's close. <laughs> yeah, dude. I Like, Korean air is just wonderful. Anyways, yeah, I think, I don't think that, I don't think that the, that Blanjardi won because voters were like, I don't like Keith Amamiya's substantive policy no, proposals. Not, not or, a substantive policy I don't even think it was the fact that he is called, he was Caldwell's boy. You, who ran, you know, I'm an outsider, I'm fresh change, yada, yada, yada. And then somebody in his campaign thought it would be a good idea to buy a full-page front cover ad of Midweek pretending to be like, ooh, a feature. But it, people are just, I think people are just fed up with Maybe. the same group of inside dudes and dudettes. You know, everything is everything is gravy for our boys on Bishop Street, so just like let it rock. It could be that. Yeah. It could be that. I just personally, I'm like... I think it probably has much more to do with the fact that Blanchardi ran a very com- smart campaign. Because like, well, because he, yeah, I mean, like, his you're whole, you're his, sitting at home yeah. all day long. You're mo- Hawaii's like what employment rates like real em- unemployment is probably like twenty percent here. People are just sitting at home all day were, watching I mean, TV. I still think there were plenty of Keith ads. I saw plenty. I of do Keith agree. Ads. I do. But Blanchardi was running them so yeah. early. Like Keith was still raising money trying to get out of the primary. Yeah. Blanchardi was just like, fuck it, YOLO, and he just bought TV ads. For, like constantly so i anyways the i Trump, i mean the trump parallels are obvious but he spent the whole 
time, you know, distinguish. I guess he, you know, he he prevented that from becoming an albatross around. His How head. are you going to make a narrative? People aren't watching the local news; they're just catching the commercials. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, probably fair. In, I don't know. In my mind, I think well, the interesting thing about Blangiardi is yeah. he has created a blueprint for be rich. Any one, candidate. be rich. <laughs> Number one, which again, Trump said did that same blueprint, but yeah. it's it's like to me. Blangiardi buying the airwaves is like a very unsophisticated version of Bannon getting Cambridge Analytica. Like, you know where people, you just find out who your core Or if Rupert Murdoch decided like his kid or, you know, he was going to run for office. Yeah, it's like you just find your, you know where your core core voter potential is. It's going to be people who watch cable TV and then you just get in front of them constantly. Well, he's a a media executive. That's what he knows. Totally. And I, I would say to some extent... The media companies here helped him. He was KHON forever, right? And like, White is now KGMB. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. But anyways, same, same. So <laughs> same, same, oh, except that. traffic and crime <laughs> every morning, every Yo, morning. not today, dude. Lacey Denise was like, everything's good. Don't worry. Shout out to Lacey Denise. Shout out to Lacey Denise. Str- uh, Kamehameha grad. Yeah. Um, Former student of Kumuhans. That's right. Yeah. She Friend of the show. does excellent pronunciations of all the Hawaiian road names, which I much appreciate. And also the uh, the names of the various uh, towns and areas that they're located in throughout the state. So nice. Lacey Denise, you're a real one. Is now the time we have, uh, speaking of Brick Blanchardi, you just back. Do we now prostrate ourselves in apology to... Colleen Hunnabusa, former representative Colleen Hunnabusa. For not, for not endorsing her? I think so. I would have, we did. I think we said on that episode that we would have loved if Colleen would have no, won. I mean, her endorsement probably counted for a lot, at least among the folks who pay attention to Hawaii politics. Could be. So, you know. Anyways, hopefully, uh, I mean, to be honest, like, I like Kirk Caldwell, I guess, as a person, I guess. But, like, how much worse could it really be? Like, what, like, what? What could happen that would be worse? He's got his city manager's got a target letter. His prosecutor yeah. has got a target letter. Oh, his speaking, deputy prosecutor's yeah. got a target letter. Speaking of which, uh, disgraced former deputy prosecutor Catherine Kealoha sentenced to 13 years for conspiracy, obstruction, bank fraud, ID, theft, drug crimes. Her husband, former chief of Honolulu Police Louis Kealoha, got seven years. Talk about sexism. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> uh, what about, here? here's some, uh, here's some good news. Yeah. One person that we in, that we uh, endorsed definitely won. Adrian yeah. Tam. Amazing Adrian. You want to read the headline? Amazing Adrian Tam tops Trumpy Ox at the ballot box. That's. I mean, it sounds good. Uh, <laughs> Josh, Look here, see? Here, Josh wrote, you may be a proud boy, but Adrian Tam is a proud man. That's goddamn right. <laughs> uh, P.S. Fun, fun headline on RawStory.com. Quote, Civil War brewing inside Proud Boys as top leader says he isn't done pretending no. he isn't no, no, a no. Nazi. No, no, no. You double negative. Oh, it's, <laughs> he isn't. I'm, yeah, I'm not done pretending that I'm not okay, a Nazi. I'll keep pretending that I'm not a Nazi Civil War forever. Brewing inside Boys as top leader says he's done pretending he isn't a Nazi. Nick Ox is the one who's not done yeah. pretending. Nick uh, Ox is preparing for his next axe. Uh, his ne- Nick Ox, Nick Axe. Nick Axe. He's going to become a conservative grifter king. He's going to do a show with Milo Yiannopoulos. It's actually so. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to big time you here, but it's actually Milo Yiannopoulos, and he's not going to do a show. He's actually been doing a show. So it's it's pretty clear what uh, what his trajectory appears to be is that. He is a member of a group that appears to be a, a Nazi group yeah. based on the admissions of its top leader, according to rawstory.com. Yeah. Uh, he is a member of a Nazi group, yeah. and then he gets 
kicked out of mainstream political life after yeah. he fails to win uh, a district that's been held by conservative Democrat for a million years. A million years. Yeah. Um, and then he decides I'm going to go on. I'm going to get with. Mm, you know, that you know, guy, Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. And then no, he was He's doing a show with Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> that actually makes him sound legit. So let's right. not do no, that. No, no. Uh, Milo, Milo, you know who he is. Don't look him up. Don't give him clicks. Suplaki. Um, but it's like, isn't his trajectory just Yanni, appear to right? be, yeah. I'm going to go from doing this show with him to yeah. like, I'm going to get like, a casual like spot on Ben Shapiro. Yeah, Alex and then Jones, I'm gonna, Nick Fuentes. Then I'm going to jump yeah. into that. Yeah, this guy, he's literally setting himself up to be a conservative grifter. And the, the reason... Him. Make that money, honey. In some ways, I yeah. am kind of like, you know, yeah. if, you know, Nick, I'm just going to talk to you and assume that you're listening. Like, yeah. if your plan was to just create a grift machine... Yeah, good for you, brother. Like, I think that you have little, if any, moral character. But, yeah. like... I'm a little jealous. Yeah. And actually, Nick, uh, I have a little bit of advice to offer you. Actually, not, not advice. Just, just something I've been reflecting on recently. Uh, 14 words I'd like to share with you. What are they? Fuck you. 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 Um, let's see. Another... The 14 I guess words was a Nazi thing, by the way. It's a Nazi. Yeah, yeah we got it. Okay. Well, I mean, I got it. Yeah, you got it. I don't know if the average person got it, but I got it. I, but I seriously, like, yeah. I, I hate how jealous I am that he's about to make a zillion dollars yeah. just selling boner pills to conservatives. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, uh, oh, the, how about how about another endorsee, Steve Alm? Yeah. Uh, Speaking of endorsees and and going back to you know, we were a little hard on Uncle Barry earlier. I I like yeah I like I don't think anybody doubts that we like Barack Obama, but you know, we're but, honest that he makes mistakes. But and you know, did you know that Jackie Robinson endorsed Richard Nixon? No. So. You There's know, that. People are complicated. Did you know that Herschel Walker endorsed Donald Trump? I sure knew that. How did you know? Because he was everywhere <laughs> on TV. <laughs> Sorry, uh, up to, back to you. Steve Alm. Yeah, Uncle uh, Steve. In a happier development, he yeah. he won prosecutor. Yeah. And I, I'm very second, happy for him. Second choice Steve, right on. <laughs> Look, man. No, I, respect. I think if, if it comes down to who's most ready to do the job day one, yeah. probably Steve Alm. Yeah. I, I, the important thing is it is not Megan Cowan. That's correct. Yeah. Um, dog bullet, Hawaii bullet dodged. <laughs> um, let's see. Here is, I think, uh, you have a, you've listed in our show notes a uh, article from the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Yeah. It's an op-ed uh, by a gentleman named David Shapiro. No relation to Ben. A lot of relation to the amazing mustache family because this man's got a... Yeah dime piece on his face yiddish wolford brimley that's a good way to yeah. think about it yeah. yeah and a hell of a writer too Respect. so his headline in this article is candidates with compelling messages such as rick blangiardi kim coco iwamoto can beat party might yeah basically saying it's not a partisan thing it's, it's not a, a partisan it's thing. an insurgent thing who said it i said it earlier it was ryan little ryan little and david Ben Shapiro. <laughs> Ryan Little and David Wilford, Jewish Wilford Brimley Shapiro. Respect. Again, respect, nothing but respect, nothing but for, respect. for the Mishpoka. Yeah. Uh, I think he's right. I think yeah. I'll tell you, there's some Fresh, other people. Dude, she came close. There's some other Fresh people faces. who I think are vulnerable. Who you think? Who you think's vulnerable? Me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Next topic. Yeah, we shouldn't say it. It's our last show. We don't yeah. want to get fired. 
uh, who's gonna fire us? We're like, this is it. No one's gonna cancel Unless our show. Unless you go to our Patreon. <laughs> if you start a GoFundMe yeah. and then you give us a bunch oh. of money, we'll start worrying about being fired. Here's one for the prosecutor's office. Uh, Ian Lind, uh, former civil beat, current uh, freelance independent investigative journalist, writes: Why are prosecutors still pursuing criminal charges against the U.S. Surgeon General? Because a third man who was with Admiral Jerome Adams and his aide had already seen his case reduced to a non-criminal citation, but Honolulu is going after Adams with prosecutors who normally handle felonies. What a horrible, horrible waste of time. Joke. What a joke. Also, joke, 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 joke. joke. Like Terrible. literally every, I don't know of a single person who made a good faith, who like in good faith accidentally violated the like regulations about staying at home the the judge has not thrown the case out like you think like for the for the surgeon general of the united states coming here to help us like hey maybe we can <laughs> we're like arrest we're him like, in the park prosecutor gotta feel like he has a big dick let's go you know what i mean yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk shit about prosecutors because they do enough things to make you hate them already right um and last but not least election news oh ha wait wait wait, wait. oh yeah election news go for it oh ha yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, huh. Although I will say, Keone Souza came. Yeah, he came pretty darn close. Respect. I, I think. Uh, I think. Uh, friggin'. Uh, why can I not remember the guy's name that we hate? Akina. Akina. Kili Akina. Hate is a hate, hate is a strong word. But do we, we hate. Do we hate anybody? I struggle with Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I f- I feel that way about uh, Charles Koch. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't, I, I, Kili Akina, he's vulnerable. Talk about somebody who's vulnerable. Other, Kili Akina and Josh, similarly vulnerable. Similarly, I can't wait till the Koch brothers start paying me. That's right. Uh, I you will, know, I, I, I know a guy that could probably help with that. If I had he's, to, uh, he ran for yeah. candidate, he ran for, uh, House of Representatives in Waikiki. Um, there's definitely, there's like the, there's like the pretend intellectual establishment wing, and then there's like the, Red pill basement grifter wing. Which one do you want to be? No, I mean, well, that's the Nick is in the basement. I'm I'm going with the I'm going with the Ivy like Ivory Tower stuff. I agree. He, he is in the basement. It's gonna be but, like me and Dinesh D'Souza and. <laughs> but the thing is though, is he's in the basement. But like the funny thing about the conservative grift movement is yeah. you you really can't. It's very it's very meritocratic. Yeah. Meritocratic. Meritocratic. You know what's gonna happen? What's next? the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Meritocratic. Meritocratic. It's very meritocratic. Like. If you make a lot of money for the grift, like you really will get elevated. I mean, look at Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Like, look at look at Alex well, Jones. Like, Tucker look at, Carlson is also the the heir to the fucking Swanson fish fortune. Swanson makes fish. Swanson like the TV, the TV dinners, the frozen fish. It's fish. Yeah, I didn't know Swanson that. Swanson TV. He's the heir to the Swanson TV dinner fortune. Huh. Well, fish, chicken, etc. But I yeah. always, I guess, I was somebody always associate with chicken. But I guess, um, it's, yeah, yeah. Anyway, oh, go ahead. Um, We'll come back. Uh, also in news, uh, Hawaii government news, uh, the Hawaii Department of Education has proposed $165 million That's a lot of money. in cuts to Hawaii's education budget for 2021. Sucks. Like, I feel like this is a joke. It's like, where they're like, hey, everybody here is like, oh my God, 
Hawaii's hemorrhaging people. We have this massive brain drain. And then the Department and, of and Education. Jo- and none of the jobs pay a living wage. And the and Department and of Education is like, let me tell you what we can do. We can what if eliminate. We, what if we completely destroy the public education system yeah. here and force people yeah. to spend exorbitant sums on private education? Oh, then yeah. they definitely will stick around. Yeah. Oh, and you know how like literally every study done over the past forever says that uh, well-rounded children need art, music, physical education, uh, and that standardized tests are actually very poor predictors of performance and overall aptitude for you know negotiating the real world. But Fuck those studies! Fuck those studies! Cut that budget! Cut that budget! Cut that budget! Like what in the hell? Dude, those admin salaries aren't gonna pay themselves. Well, you know what I want? This is what I want. Yeah. I want to see where every high-ranking member of the DOE went to school and where they send their kids. Did you see that? Uh, I mean, speaking Every of which, single one of speaking them. Speaking of which, for the first time in my life, I saw Punahou School put out a commercial. You know they must be hurting for yeah. enrollment. Punahou School has to convince people it's still worth it to buy your kid a ticket to the to the Here, Here's the thing. is like... Here's the... Here's the, the... I mean, if we're just being honest, folks, and be I feel honest. like I can say this as... I'm going to be a parent in Circle the imminent future. Mazel tov. Is there a thank you? Well, I think we're just we're supposed to embrace. Okay. We just embrace. We can't embrace. Yeah. We're social of the distancing. Coronavirus. We just we just touched our noses together. We didn't embrace though. Like, as the parent of yeah. a of an imminently born child, yeah. who like, will ostensibly grow up in Hawaii, who will almost um, I mean, you ain't getting rid of me. Um, like. The private school, like the the public education system here, the public private education system here. Tread lightly. My wife is a private. Is a public school? Graduate. Like there's a there's exceptions to every rule. Like my in general, what it does, folks, if we're being honest, is that it creates a permanent underclass of people. Is that you have? Well, so does everything about capitalism. You agreed, but you have like the private school elite here, and then you have everybody else who went to public school. The opportunities are not the same for the two. The educational quality is, I know some incredibly smart people who went to public schools. They're not the same. Like only one school is getting private donations from Pierre Omidyar and Steve Case. Like it's just not the same. And what is... Damn it, Roosevelt taking all the money. (laughs) What is astounding is that we do pay... You know what the DOE budget is per year? I looked it up today because I was so pissed off. 68 billion. It's a little less than that. It's about $2 billion, I think $2.1 billion. Okay. So this state does pay a lot of money to educate these kids. And it mostly goes to administrators who and we sit do around it making standardized plans. In the shittiest way yeah. possible. Yeah. And the net effect of that is that we give our kids shitty educations. And because of that, we are shortchanging our own futures. We're creating a permanent underclass yeah. of people who are not going to challenge the power status quo because they can't stop working at their $14, $15 an hour yeah. job long enough well, to get engaged in what's going on because you've absolutely subjected them, subjugated them with this like class warfare bullshit because well, the dude, people making decisions have no investment in the outcomes. Well, going back, you know, in, in I'm so damn in, mad about that. In this archipelago's modern history until the, you know, modern aviation age and like the real birth of modern tourism until then it was, the only reason the public school system existed was to prepare kids to work in the plantation or the cannery. Yeah. Now it just exists. It's designed around training service workers. It is. And as long as the legislature, as long as the people who are in charge are in charge, there's no incentive to change it. That's exactly right. And I it just, 
I don't and know. In any time, in any austerity situation, first thing to go is education. Absolutely. That's a luxury. Oh, these guys, I don't know. Do we need... What's, who needs to learn how to play the French horn? <laughs> what's insane to me is like, I'm going to get forced to make that decision. Yeah. Like in five, six years. Yeah. And the decision I'm going to be forced to make is, will you send your kid to a public school that you can be on the law of averages, pretty confident will afford them a worse life outcome. Yeah. Are you going to do that? Because or are you going to shell out 30 plus grand a year? Or are you going to shout out 30 fucking thousand dollars a year to send them to a private school that will create, that will make them a permanent member of the bourgeoisie. Like it is an absurd, it is an absurd choice to have to make, especially we spend 17, you pay right now, you pay $1,750. And if you just paid a little bit more, you could get your kid an education that is as good as the one that you could pay an additional $30,000. And we're like, nah, fuck them kids. (laughs) Hashtag Michael Jordan. Like what in the world are we doing here, people? So anyways, I believe that children are our future. Uh, Let's talk about a a big win for the Hawaii government. Hawaii government still has $200 million in CARES Act money that is just sitting around. But in a, Crazy turn of events. Turns out... Cops need overtime. We did not do enough to create the infrastructure to allow us to actually spend it. So guess what? What? At the stroke of midnight on January 1, 2021... All that money go bye-bye? It's going to go to the GD U.S. Federal Treasury. So what does that mean? We have enough money. Enough money to to give every man, woman, and child here... $150. $150. Not much, but if you have a family of four, starving to death. $600, yeah. right? That's maybe it's going to pay you for a week or two of groceries if you're lucky. That much money. Well, Where's it going to go? Uh, it's going to go away. And why is it going to go away? Because we don't have a functioning government in this state. We do not have, or we don't have a functioning legislature. Nobody cares, dude. That's the problem. When did the state's Department, when did the unemployment website get up where you can apply for claims online? It hasn't. <laughs> you still have to call a number. You have to call, you have to call like a like you're calling a goddamn one nine hundred number to get your oh, FN unemployment benefits that you're legally entitled to. People, people, here's what I want to tell you. This is what I'm going to get to in my final rant I'm just playing, on this final show. I'm just playing the organ because he's preaching. Is that is that 2020 was an incredibly important election. But we started this, this show in a midterm year. And if you let 2020 be the end-all be-all for our future, then we have failed you as people trying to educate you on the importance of what to do. If Hillary had won, we'd be at brunch right now. 2022, the midterms, you have an opportunity to vote out every single MFR in the Hawaii House of Representatives and the United States House of Representatives. You have a good chance of voting out, well, I don't know, a third of the Senate for the United States. Like You have a really, really good opportunity to create the world you want to live in. And we are ending the show somewhat regrettably, but also for our insanity. We are ending the show before we have the chance to cover that and encourage you to do it. Please do not think that the 2022 election is any less important than the 2020 election because the 2020 election means nothing if you don't actually capitalize on your victory. Moving on. 
Uh, yeah. Well, what well New said. Zealanders voted in a referendum. Uh, so countries that we might flee to, we might have to flee to. Assuming they'll, they'll if, never if the us. coup works, the, yeah. uh, New Zealanders voted uh, somehow in a referendum. Yes, on euthanasia, but no on legal marijuana. Oh no, bro. We need, to re- we need to rethink our immigration plans, bro. Yo, I, this is actually a very timely. <laughs> yeah, this is a very timely note, bro. Because bro. Uh, I've All been right. on, I've been on a bit of a of a Taika Waititi kick, bro. Oh. Bro, sorry, I should have fucked it ghost. up. Have, have you watched? I've like what we do in the shadows. I watched it literally last night. Yeah, that really sh- that movie was hilarious. Yeah. Hul- folks, if you the, haven't for, seen it, Hunt for the Wilder People. I watched it the day before. That was a really good one. Too. Charming. Yeah, you talk about charming. Holy hell. That was a great movie. Taika Waititi is a treasure. You want to know what's crazy? Taika Waititi, Jermaine Clement from uh, Fly the Concourse, which I was never really into. Yeah. And also, uh, what's the other guy's name? Brett something? Uh, the other guy from Fly the Concourse. Sure. They all met in college in New Zealand. Like They were all in like a, like a drama program. Can you imagine a school that has those three guys in it? And what's crazy is that when they were in it and immediately after, because uh, they were all like, uh, Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi were collaborators. Jermaine Clement and the other guy, whose name I forget now, uh, from Fly the Concourse, they were more famous than Taika, Taika oh, Waititi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. You want to know another thing? A big yeah. win for your people. Yeah. Oh, I know this. Yeah, but share it with the audience. Taika Waititi, his legal name is, uh, I believe it's Taika David Cohen, or David Taika Cohen. Hell yeah. uh, he describes himself Hell as, yeah. his mom is a Russian Jew, sure, sure and he is. describes himself as a Polynesian Jew. So uh, We exist. I'm Bro. Bro, bro, I'm I'm very you, happy for you, bro. You, bro. I'm very happy for you. We're gonna go to the synagogue, bro. Yeah, if I God, if I could live in New Zealand. Going down to the shul. Can I, uh, <laughs> are you Are you going to shul bro. this morning, bro? bro. Uh, all right. You know you can't eat this pigs, bro. <laughs> um, so uh, a couple of shout outs here as we as we come to the end. You know what? Actually, one so thing I'm very Farewell. I'm very, uh, I'm very proud of this. <laughs> is that when we started this show, it was like impossible yeah. to keep these episodes shorter than like an hour and forty five minutes. And now it's an hour and four. We're getting there. I feel like we have ranted a lot, unendingly. Yeah, we're at an hour and five minutes. As I said that. Okay, so shout out to the friend of the, to friend of the show, Claire T. Cats uh, Kittykins at Twitter on for Twitter. spotting this report by Ian Lynn, previously referenced. Yes. Quote: An illegal gambling room or excuse me, an illegal game room operated next door to police union. Fun. You want to know? Nothing, nothing afoot there, I bet. You want to know there was also an illegal game room? Where? Palola Laundry right down the hill. <laughs> Dude, we're gonna, don't, don't. I'm not don't kidding. Snitch. No, it's, it's, it was busted up. It was on the news. Okay. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I was just, you could, I was like, it was so funny because like you would drive by yeah. and, uh, and there would always be like a hundred cars in the parking lot. I was going to say like, lot. nobody's ever doing laundry. <laughs> No, it's always full, and there's always people walking this little like side door that's painted the same color as the wall, so yeah. you can't really tell what it is. Ah. Yeah, there was. Uh, turns out it was an illegal gambling room. Who knew? Beautiful. So, anyways, honestly, uh, shout out to the people running that room. Yeah. It's hard to make a living right now, and I people got people should not be able to tell you whether you play a game for money or not. I think that's ridiculous. Legalize it. Legalize it. Yeah. Who cares? Shout out Value of Hawaii 3, now available for free download on PDF or EPUB. Shout out Mucho to friends of the show who contributed the third volume of this uh, amazing series that basically they get the best scholarly and policy and academic and culture. And basically they take the best minds and they ask them to write about important topics concerning Hawaii. 
the future of Hawaii and, as the title might suggest, the value of Hawaii. I'm sure so many people have read it that everybody on all of our listeners and everybody on the internet knows what it is and they don't even need you to tell them who's a part of it because we all value scholarship and research and critical thought and analysis Friends so much. Show, Just Will, kidding. Will Karen, Mari Matsuda, Charles Lawrence. You mean Will Caron? Will <laughs> Will, Will Karen? <laughs> Will Karen what? Will was he carrying? No. <laughs> Will Caron. He's Guillaume. literally our most frequent guest Guillaume, on the show. Guillaume Caron. <laughs> Guillaume Caron. Guillaume Caron. Oh man, we really we really butchered uh, his name. Sorry about that. Well, that was a, that slipped. Guillaume Caron. That's from the beer, Will, and I, I just want to be very honest with you. We've we've yep. been consuming drinks during yep. this Guillaume recording. Guillaume Caron, Mario Matsuda, Charles Lawrence. Autocorrect changed uh, Hunter Hevlin's name to Hunter Hevelin. That's that, a good one. That's you know, and then you changed it to Hunter Hevlin Manuel Miranda, <laughs> yes. which sounds like a Jeopardy everyday uh, Wheel of Fortune before and after. <laughs> also, that's the thing I've I picked up doing yeah. during COVID lockdown is Jordan and I have been watching COVID lockdown with the sickness. We've been ooh, we've been watching Wheel of Fortune yeah. every night, and boop, 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 boop. that's the wrong. I know <laughs> the price is right. I know. <laughs> Yo, I am pretty good at Wheel of Fortune. I challenge listeners. Yeah. Create us a GoFundMe to keep the show on, and I challenge you. I challenge you. Yeah. To beat me in Wheel of Fortune. Okay, five, five letters. Starts with P, ends with S. (laughs) Uh, uh, ponies. (laughs) <laughs> that's somehow that is correct that's not that's at not, six so damn i thought i really nailed it i was like holy hell i am good at this all right uh what about uh you said we have in our notes uh podcast we lost this oh, year is that this is like every award show the, the sad i guess like on the way out like, this one yeah montage i feel like we like each other too much for this to be a sad goodbye podcast we lost this i year. think so many people think that when you stop a podcast it's because you don't like the person you're doing it with but that's not the case there's at all. There's too much BS going on. And I'm about to have a baby dog. He's not even going to name him Joshua. I have the name. The birth certificate has not been filled out yet. So with that attitude, I probably won't, Josh. That's but fair. there's no telling what could happen. It's a long time between now and the middle day name? he's born. Middle name? Okay, sorry. Uh, well, folks. Not naming him Joshua. That's okay. <laughs> there can only be one. Well, everybody. It seems like the end. From... The false nuclear missile alert to the global pandemic. So much more. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Except Nick Ox. Except for Nick Ox. While none of us truly know what the future holds, I think one thing is certain, Ryan. What's that? It's very likely going to get much, much worse. Unless you vote. And even then, it's still money. It's not a sure thing. (laughs) So... Maybe we'll do a follow-up, I guess, if the coup works after If the all. coup works, I'm not saying shit, because you know freedom of speech is first thing to go. If the coup works, I'm, you're going to find me wearing my my red hat. <laughs> I'm going to be like, hell yeah. <laughs> make, well, folks. Make America great again. If the coup doesn't work, then there's a chance I'm going to come back. But I'm not about to go to a gulag just to talk shit about Donald Trump. I'm going to delete the hell out of these episodes. He ain't going to know I ever said anything bad about him. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the camps. Ahoy ho, everyone. <laughs> Aloha.
This is the end Beautiful friend This is the end My only friend The end Of our elaborate plans The end Of everything that stands The end No safety or surprise The end I'll never look into your eyes again Can you picture what will be so limitless and free, desperately in need of some stranger's hand in a
seven miles Ride the snake He's old And his skin is cold The West is the best is the best Get here and we'll do the rest The blue bus is calling us The blue bus The killer awoke before dawn He put his boots on He took a face from the ancient gallery and he walked on down the hall He went into the room where his sister lived and then he Paid a visit to his brother and then he He walked on down the hall And he came to a door And he looked inside Father, yes son, I want to kill you
Wife, 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 wife.